Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help you go from dream to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me Brianna Sexton, email marketing expert, consultant extraordinaire, and has a really cool Rottweiler. But for my guests that don't know you, Brianna, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background. Cool. So background, um, I spent, I don't know, about four or five years, you know, the college route, um, doing technical writing, digital writing, all things in the market before digital media, digital marketing was like really a buzzword or a career field that people talked about. Um, so as far as technical writing, I'm like, I'm going to be a technical writer and write email contracts for large corporations and government contracts for the rest of my life. And I'm going to be happy doing that. (laughs) (laughs) And that didn't kind of pan out. And then um, long story short, I met a guy in the Navy and kind of got pushed towards this um, move to work online because I didn't want to be in a situation where a lot of Navy or military spouses are where they're part of that large piece of unemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I have a skill set. I can take it anywhere. I watched my mom work from anywhere. Yep. Um, and so I wanted to do that too, but I wanted to do it with something I knew that was going to be online anyway. And I figure, well, I learned how to write websites. I learned how to code. I know how to write on websites. I know how to do digital marketing um as far as putting together like stuff on adobe and videos um so i took that and i started what was my first company idea ish Mm -hmm. which was writing engineered by design which kind of like combined tech and digital writing um and then about a year later i fell into email um and how to use this platform that a lot of people in coaching spaces were using, but weren't really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of fell into it. It became my cup of tea um, and that became my entire brand. So now what I do is I help coaches and consultants fulfill on the promises that they put in their email marketing um, from beginning to end and build those conversations and just make it really fun. Just nice. Make it a- party in your clients and boxes. Gotcha. So, so for my listeners that maybe don't understand this world as much, so you take, cause like in my sales job, we use email uh, prospecting and stuff like that. So you take it from like prospecting all the way through to the end part where the sales complete or what type of email marketing do you do? Or do you do the whole thing? I have done a little bit of all of it. And I think in a freelance world, that's kind of how we start. Um, So a lot of the people that I've worked with previously, it's, they come in and they build like a lead magnet, someone to come in and they're like, here, subscribe for my newsletter with this juicy, tangible thing that you can have. Mm -hmm. Um, What I do is I say, hey, let's take that juicy, tangible thing and actually give them results rather than just talking about me, 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 me. And this is my company here. Go buy my product. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. First rule of sales. Um, so I do that process, but I also do a lot of sales campaigns and emails as well. So if it's a challenge or if it's an online course or webinar, um, then I can take that as well and say, here's the promise that you have as far as where they're going. And we know that this is your offer and then build and fulfill on that promise as well. 
So, hey, you're going to get the results up to the challenge, but also to like compound on those results, there is this on the back end anyway. So I make sure that my client's audience gets results as mm -hmm. well as getting my client's results. Right. Which is perfect because within sales or in life, you want to help the customer. And if, like you said, their email is all about my product, me, 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 people aren't going to buy from that because it just doesn't make sense. So with crafting that, have you dealt with customers like with your clientele that it, have they been receptive to shifting it or are they still stuck on? No, no, my product only. I've had a bit of both. Um, and I think it really depends on where I find them and when. Mm -hmm. um, and I have found that those who are farther removed from the process, so like those who get a little bit closer to six figures, they're not as hands-on with their yep. messaging. Um, they just kind of bring in people as they can to say, yeah, yeah, yeah go write my stuff so that I can make money. Um, Whereas some of the smaller people that I have are in that process where they, they're new to their brand and they're excited about their why. Um, so they're putting things out and I'm like, cool, why? And they're like, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> and we can build from there because they're, they're in the process of understanding how to do it mm -hmm. as we work through it. Um, so they're a lot more perceptive in that. And um, so to answer your question, I've dealt with both. And I think finding that middle ground is the sweet spot when mm -hmm. they're like, I want to get here, but I understand that it's not just about me. And there's, there's a very specific type of person who does that to come in and say, oh, it's not, it's not the me show. Like I can tell what I need to do. And that's, that's a lot of what I do in my copy is to make it relation based mm -hmm. to say, this is how I can help you reach your desires rather than this is what I do. Right. So when you're doing copy, and I know you focus more on email um, for my audience, because a lot of them are sales professionals. A lot of them are maybe first time entrepreneurs, people just starting out. When you're talking about copy, you're talking about like content online, like say Instagram, Facebook, that type of stuff as well. Like, a, can you explain copy to them a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I have an awesome podcast episode about this. Um, oh, but like the, the difference that I make is you have content. Most people hire for quote unquote copy, but they're actually asking for content. And content is anything that gets you, that adds value more so than drives you to a specific action. And normally that's a buying action. Mm -hmm. If there is a buying action involved, whether that is to buy or is not to buy, um, then that is sales. That is where copy, copywriting lies. Um, anytime in a sales process where you have a conversion, right, where you're trying to get them from one side to another, that is going to be a piece of copy. Whereas content, when you come in and you're just like writing a social post and you're like, hey, here's a really cool quote. What do you think? Mm -hmm. um, something that adds value or is just, a per I hate that word, just, but like is just a perspective shift, like doesn't have a conversion on it, mm -hmm. um, but is really just a conversation or engagement. That's what I consider content. I do both, um, but as far as distinguishing, that's the best way that I can describe it. 
Right. And, and most entrepreneurs I see fall into one of two categories. So either do a bunch of content and never ask for the sale, or they're always like, buy, 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 buy. So this is a good bridge for them for sure. Um, something else, you mentioned your podcast. So you've been doing podcasting for a while now. How many podcasts have you done? Oh, goodness. Um, I have I've ha- podcast episodes. I think I have about 30 plus mm-hmm. close to um, on my current one. And then on my last one, I think I had about 10 or 12, which will slowly be sneaking into. Yep. Yep. Um, just because it's all around the same topics. Um, I just, I learned a lot in the process. So some of them I'm like, oh, bless your heart, Brianna, you didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I get it. Um, so it, some of them might need updated, but for the most part, I think I've had about 40 episodes. I've only been in the space for about a year as mm-hmm. far as teaching on that. I did teaching mostly in like in-person workshops before um, hashtag the world blew up mm-hmm. um, yep. over the past year. Um, but yeah. That's no, it. that's good. So has it, is your podcast just more of a niche on like copywriting, email marketing mindset or... So it's evolving. Um, Mm -hmm. It started out, it's called the cup of coffee podcast. (laughs) Super fun. Um, And it's, it's email marketing, copy and sales tips to start your day. So I like, I do my morning routine and I love having like something to drink while I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm downloading like for my day. Um, So that was the original concept of it. And then I realized that a lot of the copy wasn't really copy. It was a connection problem, right? It was, how do I get my people to respond to my message mm-hmm. um, or messaging um, rather than just responding to a DM? Um, so it's evolving into something that's a little bit more based in sales communication mm-hmm. um, and having conversations because I realized and people have told me I do story really well. And I'm like, well, how can I take this and make it something that is powerful and inspires other people to write their own things so mm-hmm. that they can write their own emails and still get the results that they can have that mindset shift to where like copy is not salesy. And I'm like, I want you to be salesy. Um, and what sales actually is as a human exchange. So, um, that's kind of where it is right now. <laughs> no, no, I love that. It's good because like I've been in sales 15 years. All the great salespeople are storytellers. Copy is storytelling in a lot of ways. And you're just helping them get their message to their people. Um, so that's great. Now that actually works out really well. It kind of clicks in my head more on the sales side because I'm a sales dude and you're more, you know, doing the copy and everything. But you mentioned mindset in all in the morning or like morning routines because you said you need to do a download. What would be your morning routine? Do you have like one in place? Are you more fully throwing or do you just get up in the morning and say, okay, these are my five non-negotiables before I start my day? Ooh, so I have a basic set of things that I do. Um, I might not get to all of them depending on what I have going on and when my quote unquote day starts. Right. Um, But one of the big things is silence in my morning. (laughs) So until a certain time, and my grandma used to do this to us all the time. She's like, the TV doesn't come on before 12 a.m. or 12 p.m. So for me, like 
noise does not happen until 9 30 oh, in the nice. morning um and before that it could be I'm doing breath work and that's the only sounds that come out it could be that I wake up and the first thing I do is a visualization um so I have a visualization and I sit and I'm like okay what do I want my day to look like what do I want my year to look like um and then creating a story in my mind as to how my actions today inspire um and I find that that's really motivating as far as like those days when you just like your bed's really comfortable and you didn't sleep well the night before (laughs) um but being able to see like okay if I'm sitting in bed for the next three hours on my visualization um then I'm not able to do those things and I'm not moving towards where I want to be so silence is a big one visualization is big one breath work, I think I mentioned. Um, and then after that, I always, I'm weird. I sit with a cup of tea. Like I, I have to make a cup mm-hmm. of tea for my brain to start working. Um, so I might make a cup of tea and then I'll drink, um, my morning routine, which is, um, just a small little packet that I add to my water from, um, my friends at routine. They're absolutely amazing. Not awesome. sponsoring, but <laughs> Oh no, you're good. You're good. Um, but that's, that's like my hydration boost. And then I have like a few other supplements that I take in the, the morning just to kind of like super load. Cause I know that during the day it might be, I eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then nothing until dinner. Gotcha. Um, so I take care and fuel my body first and I fuel my mind first. It's a really long way of saying that, but I fuel my body. I fuel my mind. Um, and then I'll throw a dance party. Mm-hmm. For like 37 seconds, I'll put on my, my girl boss playlist um, and I'll just dance around my house. And then I'm like, yes, I'm ready to go. Yes, I got you. I got just you. Turn my day. <laughs> we do that in sales. Like I literally will, they call it like, I think an anchor or something, but I literally will do something to get me in the right mindset. Like I picture, I don't know if you ever watched wrestling. I know it's really funny. I grew up in the 90s. So I used to watch wrestling and Triple H. And there was this stupid thing where it said, it's time to play the game was like his intro. So if I need to get into like that focus, I literally would tap my desk and say, it's time to play the game. I don't know why. It just makes me click. It's really weird. I know, but it, it works for me. Um, going back to what you were talking about, like with the uh, visualization and saying things that you want. I saw your post earlier today about how doing the impossible or like having goals that are impossible and all. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that or how you do visualization? Sure. Um, yeah, that's one of my favorites, favorite Alice in Wonderland quotes um, is I, um, I sometimes think of six impossible things before breakfast. Um, when I do my visualization, so I did this awesome activity um, at, a, at a, a retreat, an event in Montana with George Bryant amazing love him um and it kind of I didn't realize this until I read the book but it falls in line with the principle of the vivid vision by Cameron Harold um so literally it was just hey picture yourself a year now a year from now three years from now um what does that look like and creating that story Mm -hmm. um like moment picture by picture um so as a storyteller, it's really fun for me because I'm like, ooh, let me visualize this entire movie and what I want my day to look like. And then I can write it down and then I can read it out loud and then I can process that in my head so that it is my reality. Right. So that when I, I wake up in the morning, my, I mean, your brain doesn't know any difference between when you're imagining or not. Um, 
kind of mean the same thing with the stories that you tell yourself versus mm-hmm. what is actual truth. Like your brain can't tell the difference. It's all just processes that run through the computer. Um, so what I do is I sit in my bed in the morning before I touch my phone, before I touch anything, unless it's to hit the snooze button. <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> um, and I sit there after I create my visualization and I literally just go through it. So I have this one that I did in Montana and I can share if that's cool. Mm-hmm. Sure, please do. Um, so I sit and I, I think in present not in future, but in present, this thing that's happening to me three years from now is my reality. And I wake up and the first thing I do is roll over. I see my partner and I smile at him because I'm super grateful that he's there. Um, And then I like sneak out of the room and on our back deck is unobstructed views of the mountains. So I sit out there on my chair. Um, Maybe I have a blanket depending on what time it is in Washington. Mm-hmm. But I always have my cup of tea. Yes. <laughs> and um, I just kind of sit there and do my stillness practice or think through my day or whatever it is um, with my dog at my feet, let him go to the bathroom, the things that dogs do in the morning. <laughs> of course. Um, and then from there, I start my day. I have breakfast with my partner and we talk about what our day looks like. And then I get to go inspire women and entrepreneurs and record podcasts and do consulting until lunch. And then lunch, I get to come back and regroup. And then for a few more hours, I get to do that at the end of my day, either I'm off, um, I'm either off dancing and doing something that I love because I've been a ballroom dancer for about 13 years. Oh, nice. Um, and it's, it's my therapy. It's a little bit cheaper than therapy per month. <laughs> depending. <laughs> yep. um, and then I get to come home and I get to have dinner and just sit in quiet and quality time with somebody who enjoys that time and space with me um, and just process my day mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't involve social media. Um, I can talk about my goals and my vision and do all those things. Granted, like, I know that it's it's a vision and there's a lot that goes into a relationship mm-hmm. as far as being tired and days and people, there are other things involved, but that's my vision. But that's your perfect um, day. That's that's the goal. Yes, like, that's my perfect day. Either dancing at the end of the day or volunteering, teaching teens. Um, so all of that. Yeah, no, that I love that. I love that. I might switch it to I would drink coffee because I'm a coffee drinker. And I've been going back and forth between mountains and beach because I went up. That's how where I met you mentioned George uh, Bryant. I met him at a different uh, mastermind. A buddy of mine was doing, but that was the first time I was in Montana, and I hadn't been to the mountains. Like so, going there is like holy crap. Because I've been to Hawaii, I've traveled a lot, but going to those mountains now I'm like torn. Because before, if you would ask me, I said beach all day long. Would have said beach. Um, I do think that this is very important, though, for entrepreneurs, salespeople, business people to visualize what you're doing, what you're thinking, where you want to be. Because like you said, it's a program we put in our brains and most of us have negative thoughts. So that's that's amazing. Yeah, You're- I do it. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was going to say I do this process not only in the morning, um, but if I'm putting together an email sequence for someone. Like I visualize somebody going through that email sequence. If I'm hopping on a sales call and I know that I have a sales call that morning, then I visualize the sales mm-hmm. call. Or if I'm hopping on a podcast or if I'm doing a podcast interview, I'm like, okay, what, 
what does that look like? What could that possibly look like? Um, what if? Mm -hmm. I love that question. Um, so having that is a great starter. I know that some people can like rabbit hole down into it. Um, as to like, what if I do this? What if I do that? What if this happens in a negative manner, but like taking it from a positive and keeping it really creative and being like, what if that was possible? Mm -hmm. What if instead of going this way, we took our audience this way? What, what possibly could happen if we do that? Um, so that's also really fun as far as how to use visualization. Yeah, no, that's great. And then if you can get them to take their three steps forward a day, it helps. Because you have people on both sides, people that just charge in and have no plan. And then the people that want to think about, think about, but not actually really do. So it's kind of a funny balance there. Um, I always have this one fun question like that. But before I ask that, I thought of this. So you've been doing ballroom dancing for 13 years, you said? Um, 2000, 2008, 2009, about 12 years. Nice. So I can't do math, but yes. <laughs> What type of uh, ballroom dancing is your favorite? Because I know there's different types. And my wife took me one time to do it. And I only liked the Macarena because that's the only thing I could kind of figure out. <laughs> nice. Um, so a very, very specific answer to that is American style smooth. Smooth, yes, because international standard. Um American style smooth. So this would be your waltz, your foxtrot, your tango, and your Viennese waltz. Oh, um, wow. Yes, those, the WTFV. <laughs> <laughs> WTFV. <laughs> Got to throw the V in there to make it. <laughs> yes, the Viennese. The, that's, oh, the Viennese waltz is one of my favorites and is also one of the most technically difficult. I think I've cried more times trying to mm -hmm. learn the Viennese waltz than any other dance but I love all of them mm -hmm. they make me feel like a princess and it's just a different way to tell stories yep um, and I've been able to use that to share other people's voices and share my own stories as well so that's really fun no that's awesome my wife has 23 years of ballet so I've gotten to go and see all the different stuff and that's the other reason why probably the dancing didn't work as well for me because she's really really good and I'm really really not <laughs> oh can you walk yes I can walk Okay. I, I have this, this thing. Um, cause I taught for a little bit mm -hmm. like weddings and stuff. Um, and I was used to say, if you could walk, you could dance. Yeah. If you can walk forward, backwards, side to side, you can pretty much get around in any dance on a dance floor. Um, it's a confidence thing, just like sales. Yeah. I'm confident in almost everything else in that. I'm like, ah, I'm good. Let me mix the music in the back. Let me do that. <laughs> so, um, I, ha I have this question I always like to ask. If you could, and you can go back as far back in the past or as far forward in the future as you want, spend one year learning anything you want, where would you go and what would you learn? Oh, gosh. That is, woo. Hmm. I, ooh, that's a fantastic question. I don't know if it's a when, but to answer, if I could, I would go where? All around Europe and Asia. I know that's very nondescript. <laughs> oh, no, it's cool. But I would go on not the Western Hemisphere. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I think that if I could learn anything, it would really be how to cook. So I would want to learn from chefs all over the world. Nice. Because um, for me, food is a love language, mm-hmm. but food is a language in general. Um, so being able to see how people communicate through that medium would be absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I also know that with with food um, also comes family and community. Mm-hmm. So there's a different level yep. that food brings. It's not just necessity, it's necessity and it's friendship and it's relationships and it's culture. Um, it, and to some degree, it's music and it's history. Like it's an entire human experience mm-hmm. that you can consume. <laughs> no, I love that. I, I really do because like, I love Asian food. I've been to Malaysia, so I've had like Indian food. Uh, Vietnamese food, Thai food, that type of stuff. I want to go to Europe. I haven't been there yet, but I love food. I'm, I'm, I'm all about. It. So, what is your favorite food? Like oh favorite dish? Favorite dish? Favorite dish? Just one. <laughs> just one. That first one comes to mind. It, it doesn't mean that you have to eat this all the time. It's just what's the first thing that pops you have when you say favorite dish? Um, favorite dish. So I would have to say, and it's only because it was the first French dish that my friends made for me when I was in college. And it was an absolute experience once you get past the smell. Um, <laughs> but it's called a tartiflette. Okay. Um, and it's kind of like a French potato and bacon cheese casserole, um, which is why I said the smell, because mm-hmm. that cheese is really pungent. Um, but that is probably one of my favorites. I, I make it every Thanksgiving when I'm in charge of making food for Thanksgiving. Um, it's just, it's warm. Mm-hmm. I like warm food. It goes great with a Cabernet. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so many memories behind it. But I love Asian food. My mom grew up in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Like my grandparents traveled China or my grandfather was stationed in China indonesia taiwan oh wow so my mom's first language one of her first two languages was bahasa indonesian and when she came back that was a little bit of the flavor that got put in our cooking so like ginger always in our house garlic always in our house um we grew up on gyoza during the summer Mm -hmm. like it's just did you ever have durian king of the fruit no but I loved it. My wife hated it. Yeah. I'm a smell person. Like I, I have like pregnant people level nose uh as my baseline. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and my mom's the same way. So like really strong smells. I know it's really pungent. It's just not something that I could have in our house, but we do have a market in Virginia. Um, Mm -hmm my hometown in Virginia that had it and I was like oh we should get it and then I was like wait nope smells in my house nope yep (laughs) (laughs) it's what it's crazy because what it does is it makes your blood pressure rise it like makes you sweat just like it's either you love it or you hate it it's got the I can't describe the taste any of you out there that are listening try durian send us an email drop us a comment we want to know what you think because it is wild if my wife if was I listening, one, she'd I will definitely let you know. Yeah, I've had it once. That's all I could do. I liked it, but like it goes through your pores. It's just there for days. So with the smells and stuff, I'm going to say probably you don't want to do that one. I don't know. 
I'll just keep it on my balcony and make sure that like my water doesn't stop running. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cough there. I started laughing. Um, I do love what you said though about the food and the family and the culture and the life because for thousands of years, that's what people did. And now we're seeing that transition online and we're losing that intimacy with it. So, I mean, it kind of ties back into what you were talking about, like with your email marketing and all that story to get the customer to go from getting to know your client to buying their deal. Um, with that thought process going, what do you think makes the best copy? Do you think it's more, or, or let me rephrase that statement. Do you feel copy is better in written form, video form, audio form, or am I just being my sales guy totally missing the point of copy? Um, I think all of them are equally as beneficial. And the way that I, the, I'm, I'm saying that because it, you can have the same movie. Let's take the Avengers, for mm -hmm. example. Um, by having different mediums for it, you allow access for all sorts of people, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have the movie with subtitles, that works really well for people who may be hard of hearing. Um, or if you have people who are crazy enough to drive with like watching videos, but they can't like keep their attention on that video, right. having audio may be how they're more receptive. Same mm -hmm. with teaching. Um, some people are audio learners. Some are very tactile learners. Some are, are visual learners. Um, so having different aspects is, I think the medium doesn't matter as much as the message. Mm -hmm. Wow. That sounds like my whole technical writing class. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Michael McLuhan, he talks about the medium is the message. Um, to some degree, yes, that is that is completely true. But I I think being able to respond to people at every one of those mediums mm -hmm. is way more important. And so having that story, that that message, I mean, it doesn't have to be like story story, but having that point of relativity mm -hmm. between the two of you, that human connection um, that grabs and then helps them make a decision is way more important than how it's delivered. Because you can listen to me on the mm -hmm. podcast and say, well, that girl knows what she's doing. Like, I want to check her out. Um, or you could see me and be like, huh, that's not what I thought. But I love her message and I love what she's doing, mm -hmm. um, which is why social media exists in different platforms. There's TikTok, there's YouTube, there's podcasts. Um, yeah. But most of us started with blogs before we did vlogs, yes. right? Before <laughs> yep. we did podcasts. Um, so I think all of them are, are as essential. It's being able to relay your message through the different mediums, which is even more important. And that's what I try to teach my clients um, as we work through copy and we work through email on the front end and on the back. Cool. So now I liked, I like that. That's great. That's that's perfect. And I actually, here's funny. I'm actually more auditory in what I like to do, but when I'm watching shows on TV, a lot of times, because I like watching shows in foreign languages, I have the subtitles yes. all the time. It's just, it's just how you take that content. So I always like to ask like just quick one-liner questions, like 
choices, just real quick, just kind of a little fun thing. So I already know the answer to the first one, but I'd always start with it. Mountain or beach? Mountain. I grew up on the beach. Yeah. Um, on the East Coast. But all my all my love and um, biggest transformations happen on mountains for some reason. Maybe it's the air. Mm-hmm. Hey, whatever works. Money or legacy? Legacy. Dogs or cats? Dogs. I'm allergic to cats. <laughs> oh, I'm not a big cat person either. I'm not a big cat person either. Um, if you could, and this is more of a longer question, if you only had a chance to talk to, and you could go back to yourself, wherever you want to go with this, you have three minutes to tell someone how they're going to be able to make it through to get to their dreams, get to their goals, feel loved, whatever that is, what would be the message you would leave my audience? Oh, wait, is it the message that I'd leave your audience or is it like three minutes to talk to you? To you, whatever, however you would encourage them. If you say it like you can visualize that it's you you're talking to or my audience that you're talking to, but just giving them your best three minutes to they never get to talk to you again. Now, we want them to talk to you and follow your podcast. We're not saying that, but they at this point, this is the only chance to get to hear you. What would be your message to them? So my biggest message is to take that thing that is already within you Um, because everything that you're, you're possibly searching for in life. And I know this sounds weird coming from a 26 year old, um, but like everything that you're searching for in life is within you. Mm -hmm. Um, I tell my clients, it's, it's right under your nose. It's the fuel in your belly. It's the spark of your heart that comes through your mouth. Um, I'm not going to get emotional. Um, but it's taking all of that power that you have and channeling it in a way to do the thing that's going to be bigger than you are. Because mm-hmm. um, even looking at a mountain, there are things that are smaller than a mountain that have such an imag- like unimaginable impact, a pebble, a rock, a drop of water that becomes a river. And all of it is so important, um, but it exists as it is and moves as it's supposed to. And so that would be my message is to take that thing that is yours, that lights you up, that gut instinct that mm-hmm. is driving you forward and move. I love it. That, that is amazing. And I think a lot of people get caught up in life so much that they forget that they have one life to live and they have one purpose that they can give one special thing that they are. That's amazing. I, I, I appreciate that. So where can we find more of you? Where can we find more of me? Easiest way. Um, Cause Easiest way would be my website, BriannaSexton.com. You can check out my podcast. You can learn how you can work with me. My social is on there for Instagram. Um, You can hop on my email list. Um, So you can stay, you can leave, you can play, you can buy. Like any any way that you can contact me is on BriannaSexton.com. But if you have specific questions about email that you need answered or you want answered like right now about something that we said about sales or copy or you want to fuss at me because I said something you didn't like, like (laughs) anything as far as that is concerned, you can 
send me an email at hey there at briannasexton.com. Just make sure that in the subject you say bring the tea um, and I will respond to any question that you have. That's awesome. So I always do this a little bit before I end the show because I hate having that at the end and then people go away. So don't leave yet. We're not done. Um, so you mentioned tea. I like tea. What is your favorite tea? That's like picking a favorite kid. Okay. What's um, your favorite flavor right now? It doesn't mean that you love this tea only. It's just what tea do you like the most? What would tea would you recommend? Oh, what tea would I recommend? Um, man, that's a hard question. So one of my favorites, I'm like looking into my tea cabinet right here. Um, one of my all time favorites that's caffeinated, but kind of floral is an oolong tea. Oolong. Okay. Oolong. Um, it's, it's not as harsh, um, or as earthy as most green teas, but it's not a black tea. Um, it's picked a little bit younger, mm -hmm. so it's it's got a little bit of a lighter flavor. Um, oolong is probably one of my favorites. Oolong mixed with jasmine, or pretty much anything mixed with jasmine, nice. um, is normally one of my favorites. I, I'm a purist for mm -hmm. the most part. I don't like white teas very much, um, and I don't like teas that taste like other foods. So if it right. tastes like pumpkin pie or mint chocolate, no, like, no. I can't do that with coffee either. I can't, I'm with you. It has to be like just straight. I do like chai tea and I love green tea. I'm not big on black tea, but I like green tea for some reason. Do you, I think Arubis, I think you might like Arubis. Um, it's a red tea. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget where it comes from because I haven't started finishing my studies on tea. Um, I think it's somewhere in Africa, Asia, mm -hmm. one of the two. Um, it's got a really sweet taste kind of like honey um and if you're looking for a caffeinated option or a decaffeinated option that's a really good one um really this with a chai mm -hmm. absolutely phenomenal <laughs> cool that's so, what i recommend i love it that's amazing any other parting words thoughts you want to give to my audience random thoughts about you or can be business sales whatever personal um, if you have a conversation with me or something to do with gummy bears or tea, we're best friends already. <laughs> nice. That's, that's me in a nutshell. Um, I, I mean, there's a reason that my sister and my entire brand is called the Mad Hatter. Like I do all things tea. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say to keep it fun. Whatever you do, whether it's sales, whether it's your copy, first, it's not about you, right? You yep, talked yep. about like, it's about the customer. Um, so once you take that off, like salesy is not a thing. Um, but yeah, so make it bigger than you um, and have fun. Tea parties are the reason that I, I work with email is because it's all conversations. Mm -hmm. No, but I love that. I love that. That's great. So just to recap, I always like to recap. We talked about email marketing, talked about ballroom dancing. We talked about visualization, chasing your dreams, awesome teeth. Did I miss anything? Um, food is the language of life. Food is the language of life and chase your passions and dreams because you have one life to live. Yes. 
I've had a blast on this episode. I appreciate you being on here. We'll have to run it back again, Faye, in a couple months, maybe, or in a year, and just see where you're at, if you're open to that. Oh, gosh, that'd be so much fun. <laughs> I always, I like doing that because I, I'm a big Doctor Who fan, so I'm going to go into my, my little, I call it tech nerd mode for a moment. And in it, he goes, we're all stories in the end, make it a good one. And I love learning about people. That's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. I love hearing people's stories, how they started at one point and they succeed and they get better and better. And that's what this whole podcast is about. So six months from now, you're probably going to have a different perspective than what you had now. So I just, that's just kind of my thing. I think that's cool. Yeah. It'll be fun to be like, oh, bless your heart, Brianna, um, <laughs> in my learning process. Maybe I'm going to put it out here, just mm-hmm. like in the universe, but maybe next podcast we'll be talking about a book. Just a thought. Mm-hmm. Just going to drop it there. What are you talking about? I didn't hear you. Sorry. It... Oh, I said maybe next time, and I'm going to put it out to the universe. Maybe our next podcast, we'll go back and listen to this, and we'll be talking about a book. Yeah. No, I'm good with you on that. I love books. That would be amazing. Thank you, everyone, again for joining us here on the 150K podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, here with Brianna Sexton. Go check her podcast out, like, rate it, and review it. Please do that with mine as well. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you all for being here again.